This is the Pirate Radio Podcast. All right, welcome in to a Pirate Radio Podcast. Jonathan Ellerby, Troy D here, and Damon West, the coffee bean guy. Damon, welcome to Greenville, North Carolina. Great to have you. Jonathan, Troy, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. How long have we been planning this thing? This is like two years in the making, right? Yeah, we connected back in August of 2020. Um, I read your book, The Change Agent, and then, of course, The Coffee Bean reached out to you said, man, I have to get this guy on a podcast. I have to talk to him in person. You were so easy to get up with and gracious to come on uh, the show. And I just enjoyed it. I've been following you ever since. And then uh, finally, just through, I think, just by God's nature that we had to get you to Greenville, North Carolina, to talk to the East Carolina football team and come talk to the good folks of Eastern North Carolina. Yeah. And I, I got to I gotta know something. How'd you ever hear me? Because I not I mean I just in my little mind I live in a small town in Southeast Texas. No one really knows who I. I mean I know that that's not the reality. I mean uh, more and more people know who I. But how did you hear me in 2020? Okay, I heard you say this one time. I said there's there's good things that happen to you and there's God things that happen to you. So about four or five years ago, I just started diving into reading self help books, positive books, and I and I got locked in with John Gordon, the Energy Bus. Oh my Cliff, God, Cliff, John. Okay, Cliff Godwin, right. the uh, East Carolina baseball coach, was a big preacher of the uh, Energy Bus, and so I just started reading his books. And then one day I met you on Amazon. I met you online, Damon. So uh, (laughs) uh, your book, The Change Agent, came up as a suggestion. And so I clicked on it, read the title, read the description. I was like, all right, I'm going to order this. I'm going to order this book. And uh, I got it. It sat on my dresser for a couple months. I'm going to be honest. But then I think I've never done this before. I've binge watched television shows, movies, other stuff. But when I picked up The Change Agent, I couldn't put it down. I told you that on the podcast. And it it was, and, and I read it. And that's when I knew, I said, man, I've got to somehow connect with this guy. And then the coffee bean was next. And then you've just done the locker room. So, I mean, your story, I'll say this, is one of the most powerful and inspirational ones I've ever heard. I heard it live for the first time when you talked to East Carolina last night, the football team. And and it's just more amazing. I I think you're, you're, you're an amazing person. Man, I appreciate that. And I'm humbled by that. It's, it's, and it's cool to connect the dots because, um, the coffee bean, I mean, the coffee bean is the book that most people know me for because John, John's amazing, man. There's a good story for that that we need to tell about how I even met John. But no one's been more pivotal in my life where I am right now than John Gordon. But The Change Agent actually came out first. And not as many people have read The Change Agent as read The Coffee Bean, but The Change Agent gives the full story. And, um, man, I got to tell you, when I've run into people, the first thing I want to know is, like, reading The Change Agent, what were your? did you understand addiction better? after you read the book about what the life of an addict is, the family of an addict? Yeah, I mean, the process of going, because we're about the same age. Yeah. And so just going through your life story of the addiction of being living your best life in your young 20s and really not caring about much but yourself. Right. And uh, which ultimately led to drugs and crime. And then the part where you finally got caught and uh, had to face, you know, the penalties that uh, that all the crimes you had done, and, and and your mother is an amazing person too. I think what she, I think the family background you had, I think, has helped make you who you are still today, and kept you on, even though you got off the tracks. I think that kept you on the tracks, absolutely, at, at some point. But uh, it it gave me a peek behind the curtain. But just when you read it, I, I can't even imagine. Uh, and, and you just know how terrible drugs are for you and what they can really do to destroy your life. Yeah, you know, when we were having dinner last night with y'all sons and, uh, you know, I was looking over there at them and I think about the 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 freedom that you have whenever you're young, you know, because it's kind of happy-go-lucky, you know, but those kids were locked in last <laughs> night at dinner. Those kids were locked in. 
they were listening to the stories and and like we talked about troy I and mean, hopefully you know they hear a story like that and they don't have to go to prison experiencing that they don't have to go through drug abuse drug you know substance abuse to understand what it's like well i think you know for our kids who are you know 14 years old to hear it it relates a, a kid can understand it to a grown adult and i think the challenges you've had to overcome drugs to overcome uh, a prison sentence to overcome race relations <clears throat> it all is stuff that is relatable to people and they've probably had to deal with it in their life but yours has been 10 times harder yeah you know <coughs> i've made some some poor choices in life and that's you know choices have consequences and that's one of the main things i want to relate to especially to young people that you know everything you do has a consequence attached to it consequences don't have to be bad either by the way i mean a consequence can be good you study for a test you make a good grade that's a good consequence of a decision you make but there's so much in my story about a guy that had it all and lost it all and and i came from a great family like a lot of these like these kids last night at the table i mean you come from a great background you got everything going for you everything on the surface looks good but below the surface there's this addiction that's growing and, and growing and then you have an activating event mine was getting hurt playing college football against Texas A&M in 96. My football career was over. My identity went with it. And when I lost my identity, because I've wrapped my identity into something external, then I turned to other measures to change the way I felt. I couldn't deal with life on life's terms. And that's what addicts do. When we can't deal with life on life's terms, we go to chemicals to change the way we feel. What, uh, tell everybody the, the coffee bean <laughs> message. Because you, you, how, you mentioned John Gordon. He's kind of helped catapult you in, into fame. And uh, he got you connected with uh, Dabo Sweeney. You kind of, Dabo Sweeney kind of connected you with John Gordon. Yeah, so uh, John Gordon, here's, let me paint this picture for you. So January 12th, 2017, I had been out of prison for about 14 months. And for everybody catching up now, um, I got sentenced to life in prison in 2009 for engaging in organized criminal activity. That's the the thing we haven't told y'all yet. It's like I went to prison with a life sentence, did seven years and three months, and I got out. And nonviolent, we should add. Yeah, yeah. these are all property crimes around meth. Yeah. I mean, no one was ever home during this. I, it was a bunch of burglaries. I was a burglar breaking into people's houses, and and not to minimize the crime of burglary, because when I broke into people's houses, I didn't just steal property. Man, I stole these people's sense of security. My mm. victims will live with that for the rest of their lives. But thankfully, God willingly, that no one was ever home. I never saw my victims. They never saw me. No one got hurt. No weapons were ever used. So when I went to prison with this non-aggravated, non-violent life sentence, I, I was eligible for an early parole. And I made it. And in 2017, I'm working in Beaumont, Texas at a law firm, which is a great job for an ex-con to have. But I've got this dream of sharing this story with college football programs all over the country, but I just don't know any college football coaches. And I hadn't taken a snap in 20 years since I played ball at North Texas. But a buddy invited me to an award show that night. It was the Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award in Houston, Texas, 90 miles from Beaumont. Get over here right now. I've got an extra press pass. He works in the media. Got an extra press pass. Get over here right now. The best coaches in America are in this room. So I haul oh, butt, man. And the, this cheap hand-me-down suit that I have, because I don't have any clothes of my own. I just got out of prison. And, and I go there that night, and all these coaches in this room, I mean, you know, you got Franklin from Penn State. You got P.J. Fleck is in the room. Helton from USC. All these coaches are there. And every one of these coaches I meet, I shake their hand, and I give them my pitch, and, and it's just landing with a thud. No, no, don't call us. We'll call you. They're not rude about it, but, I mean, they're just they're not also giving me their DFO's number either. So in one hour, I've been told no seven times by the eight coaches that are there. Seven no's in one hour. That's a no every eight minutes, man. I don't know what, if anybody's ever worked in sales, you know what I'm feeling right here, man. And 
I'm about to leave. I'm about to walk out the door. I'm in the corner of the Toyota Center. I'm licking my wounds. I'm feeling sorry for myself. And the voice in my head is telling me, go home. It's over, man. Just just go, man. Because the last guy in the room is the hardest guy to get to, Dabo Sweeney. His coach, his team had just beat Alabama two nights before for the national championship. But, man, I was in the corner, man. I was like, no, man, you, Damon, you survived prison. And I'm talking to myself, literally talking to myself, because I don't listen to myself anymore. I talk to myself all the time. You survived prison. You survived way worse than this. This guy's going to tell you no to your face, and then you go home. So I stalked dabble around that room that night and i look like a nut man i mean i'm, I'm hiding my fake plans every conversation <laughs> this dude has i'm in the middle of it i mean i'm on the periphery i finally pounce on dabo give him my pitch and dabo takes my card and he takes off he takes off going i mean i've occupied the guy for over a minute man he just he can't get away from me fast enough right so um four months later i got an email from the director of football operations at clemson and i'm like look y'all i went for four months thinking I went 0 for 8 that night. But I felt good about going 0 for 8 because I left it all on the field. And that's what we tell people in sports, man. Give it your best effort. And sometimes you come up short. But four months later, I got an email from the director of football operations at Clemson University, Mike Dooley. And Mike Dooley's email basically said, hey, Damon, Coach Sweeney met you at award show in Houston. He'd love to have you come talk to his team. Do you have August 1st open? Dude, I got every first open. I got, I got nothing going on in my life. So August 1st, 2017, I go speak to the Clemson Tigers, the defending national champions of college football. And when I got done with my presentation that night, Dabo is, you know, Dabo's got me up against the wall in the team room. Dabo's a really high-energy guy, too. So it's these two high-energy guys. He's in my face. Damon, that's the most amazing story I've ever heard. You know, he's said, have you been to Alabama yet? I'm like, no, Dabo, I've been to Clemson. Dude. <laughs> I've been here. <laughs> I've been here, dude. <laughs> so Dabo was so cool. He said, man, he said, I just texted Nick Saban from the back of the room, told him when I was watching. When I landed in Houston the next morning from that trip to Clemson, I had a voicemail and a text message from, from the DFO at Alabama. We'll see you in Tuscaloosa in three weeks. You're on. So just like that, Dabo Sweeney's kicking open the door to college football. And it doesn't stop there. Kirby Smart's calling, Lincoln Riley's calling, all these coaches are calling because Dabo keeps giving my cell phone. But the real magic happened one year after my presentation comes. It was August of 2018. I got a phone call. I was still, I was working the law firm still. I get a phone call. And on the other end of my phone is a guy named John Gordon, the energy bus guy. Yes. Uh, the guy you're talking about, the John Gordon. And I'm like, you know, y'all, I follow John Gordon on Twitter at this point. And, and, I, and I read his books. He sold 5 million books. He's one of the biggest speakers in the world. And I'm like, dude, John, I know who you are. How do you know who I am? He's like, Dabo Sweeney. He said, man, I was just talking to Clemson's football team, and Dabo brought me in the office to tell me your story, and he said, Damon, the world needs the coffee bean message. Let's deliver it to the world. Will you write a book with me? We'll call it The Coffee Bean. So in July of 2019, this book right here, The Coffee Bean, hit shelves. John Gordon, Damon West released The Coffee Bean. Becomes an instant bestseller, and it's got a global publishing deal attached to it. Um, every language in the world has a coffee bean book on it. Chinese, Spanish, Arabic, French, Italian. I get hit up all the time on Twitter. People tag me in something from a different language, but it's the coffee bean in all these languages. And it's a fable about basically what happened to you and the advice you got in prison from uh, a very wise person that kind of guided you to say, hey, look, this is what prison's going to be like, and it kind of really explained it in terms almost anybody could understand and here are the choices you're going to make inside these prison walls and that's kind of what you tell in this uh story the coffee bean yeah absolutely and and the 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 thing about it is that the distance of time in this 10 years before this book comes out the summer of 2009 i'm in dallas county jail i've just been sentenced to life in prison and i've got this little window before i get shipped off to the texas department of criminal justice to the prison system 
and I run into this other convict in there, this old black guy named Mr. Jackson. And Mr. Jackson, seasoned convict, been in and out of prison all of his life. Real positive guy, though. I always had a smile on his face. And so he, he tells me, he said, you need to imagine prison as a pot of boiling water. And he said, anything we put into the pot of boiling water is going to be changed by the heat and the pressure inside that pot. He said, I'm going to put three things in the pot of boiling water and watch how they change. A carrot, an egg, and a coffee bean. And he walks me through it. The carrot in the pot of boiling water turns soft, goes in hard, but comes out soft. Beat down my life. You know, and the reality is everybody's going to be the carrot at some point because life's going to beat you down. You're going to be sad. That's a natural human emotion. He said the egg in the same pot of boiling water becomes hard. The soft liquid inside becomes hard on the inside. The shell protects the outside, but the, the inside is turned hardened, like your heart becomes hardened. And the reality is a lot of people, most people in life are going to be the egg at some point. I know I'm the egg at some point. I get mad. That's a natural human emotion. But he said the coffee bean, the smallest of the three things, had the power to change the pot of warm water into a pot of coffee. And it was the only thing that could change water, by the way. Everything else is changed by the water. Carrots are changed by the water. Eggs are changed by the water. But not the coffee bean because the coffee bean was the change agent. Have you ever thought that how amazing your life is just really seven years ago? This Wednesday will be seven years when you've been released from prison. And then, like, have you ever, like, reflect back of, like, you just mentioned 10 years ago, you were hearing about the coffee bean from Mr. Jackson until now you're you're going to be talking again in Greenville later today to a luncheon we're having, the coffee bean story, you talk to the East Carolina football team, you're gone the rest of the week. I mean, it, how amazing does that, just by a, a lot of just one mores of asking different people, whether it's Dabo Sweeney or whether it's in prison listening. I mean, does that amaze you? Yeah, no, it, 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 I constantly am amazed by it. I mean, I'm blown away by it. I, I talk to my wife about it all the time. I'm like, Kendall, can you believe this is like, this is really like our lives. This is happening. But it didn't happen uh, like in a vacuum. This didn't, I mean, this is something that took time. And I tell people this all the time. Like when I got out of prison, November 16th, 2015, I, I have this dream, this idea that I want to share this story. And and it's not even like the, the story I'm telling today and how I tell it is not even exactly how it originally started. Because originally I thought, well, look, I'm going to be this. Like we talked about the, a warning to young people about the dangers of drugs, the consequences of bad decisions. And I, I started just adding different stories from prison into it until I got to the presentation you have today. But what I did do from the very beginning and what I still do now is I got I put in the reps. I got up every day, I put in the reps. And what I mean by that in speaking world is when I first got out of prison, it was very difficult for me to find a place to speak because I had to start out locally in Southeast Texas where I live in Beaumont, Port Arthur, that area. And uh, you can't just go knock on the door of a school and say, I just got out of prison. I want to talk to your kids. I mean, they'll, they'll send you back to prison. Right. And I'm on parole till 2073. So I got to, but what I did is I knew that I wasn't going to get in a lot of opportunities right off the bat. Didn't mean I wouldn't ask for them because I was asking like crazy, knocking on every door and making calls. I had to, I found a judge and a cop that would take me into the schools. I mean, that's how I initially got started in schools. I had to have escorts to go into schools. But in my parents' spare bedroom, because I lived with my parents for the first two years I was out of prison, in my parents' spare bedroom, there was a mirror. And I would go home every night after I worked at the law firm and worked out, I'd go home every night and I'd do my presentation in front of that mirror. Every single day that I wasn't speaking in public, I was speaking in private in that bedroom. And I didn't miss a day. I mean, for two straight years, you know, probably 75% of my presentations were in that bedroom, 25% were out in the free world. Didn't get paid, 
wasn't seeing any money from it, nothing, nothing like that, but just going out and helping people with a great message. But I sharpened my message. And when the opportunity came with Dabo Swinney in 2017, I was ready. Talking to uh, Damon West. Damon is the author of a best-selling book called The Coffee Bean. Brought him in town to um, had an opportunity to have him speak to the ECU football team last night. We'll do a corporate event later today with a lot of our uh, partners here at Pirate Radio. Look forward to that. And um, Damon, I think you know life is full of decisions, and you know you the decisions you made led you to the circumstances that you found yourself in. There was really no one to blame, I guess, ultimately, but yourself. But a lot of people could find themselves in those circumstances after making bad life decisions and go, "Man, would you have a?" 65-year sentence, yeah. um, again, my life's over. I'm, I'm going to do hard time in the Texas prison system, which is probably isn't the nicest, and it's over. Like, I, I can't survive this. I, I think the moral is that regardless of what situation you find yourself in, you can always better yourself if you decide and you make that decision from this day forward. Absolutely. It, this is so much of my life right now, Troy, is about – ownership and uh, i live in a program recovery when i when i talk about program recovery i'm an aa i don't for all the serious aa people out there i don't speak for aa i gotta always give that disclaimer my sponsor is one of those hardcore aa types and he's like hey man you got to give a disclaimer saying you don't speak for aa so i don't speak for aa but i am in aa is my program recovery and i'll do this the rest of my life if i want to stay free and stay sober i'll do it for the rest of my life it means i go to meetings every week I have a sponsor I talk to all the time. I work the steps. And in the 12 steps, we learned a lot of things that got us through life, like taking ownership of all your the, all your behaviors, everything you do. You got to own everything. This is like extreme ownership 101. You own it. And then you try to fix the problem. When I say fix the problem, Troy, what, what, I, what I ask myself in recovery is this. Whenever I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me. Whenever I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me. This axiom means that anytime I have a problem with something or someone, I play a role in that problem somewhere. Now, that's my job to find out what role I play. Because if I can find my role in my problems, that's the thing I can change. That's the thing I can fix. That's the only thing I can control in my life is the role that I play. And that's what I get to work on. I get to work on that every day. So when I have these issues that I have to deal with, and and I've got to keep my side of the street clean, and this is the extreme ownership part, keeping my side of the street clean means that when I mess up, I've got to own it. There's no I'm sorry, comma, but. there's Because there's nothing at the end of I'm sorry, but a period or maybe an exclamation point. But I've got to own my behaviors, and i got to make amends everywhere I go. And this making amends part, you know, when you've made the mistakes that I've made in life and you get sentenced to life in prison, your list of amends, is long. You got, I mean, I got a lot of amends I've got to make when I start working a program recovery the day I get out of prison. First thing I do is go to an AA meeting and get a sponsor. But I got to start making my list of amends. Now, here's the tricky part. On parole in the state of Texas, the state of Texas has laws that says you cannot make an apology to anybody you've ever committed a crime against. So I can never apologize to the victims of my crimes. Really? Really, absolutely. And the one thing with the victims of your crimes, they were never there. You broke into their homes and their vehicles and stuff when they were not around. Absolutely. So that that was part of the, it was a, it was a non-violent Non-violent, crime. yeah, non, non-violent crime. But the law is really on the books, I mean, for violent crimes. So because, they don't contact your victim. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, you know, when you see a, a someone that's, you know, somebody committed a, a rape or a violent assault or murder, the families of those people or the victim themselves don't want to hear from the the perpetrator, mm-hmm. right? But it just they just blanket put it across for any kind of crime. 
And so in my life, I can never make an apology to my victims. That would send me back to prison. So I'm never going to apologize to my victims because I cannot apologize to my victims, right? The eighth step of the program recovery, it says that you make a list of all the people you have harmed and you're willing to make an amends. The ninth step says that you make your amends except when when to do so would cause you or the other person harm. Well, it would cause me harm to go back to prison for the rest of my life. Yeah. So what we do in AA is we have what's called a living amends. And the living amends means you go out and do good deeds and you expect nothing in return. And so I figure, man, I could just spend the rest of my life making these living amends. To, that's that's going to be how my victims get their, you know, get their due because I'm not going to I'm not going to go out and put myself in a situation where I go back to prison. And look, I've been I've been contacted by some of my victims before. Um, and every single time I'm contacted by a victim, I just forward it on. If it's an email or whatever, a voicemail, I forward it on to my parole officer. And she says, okay, thanks. You know the rules. You can't you can't respond back. Wow. So, but hey, man, look, I've got to keep my side of the street clean. Absolutely. And keeping my side of the street clean means that, man, look, I don't have to worry about what you do with your side of the street or your side of the street. My side of the street's going to be clean. But that means every day I got to take out my baggage, my trash, my spiritual, emotional, mental trash. This stuff accumulates and piles up. I tell people all the time one of the most important jobs in all of society is a sanitation worker. Someone you would call the garbage man, because here's what happens. If the garbage if the garbage man, let's say right here in Greenville, the, the garbage men all tomorrow decide to go on strike and they're just not taking on the trash anymore. How long before this community, this society breaks down in Greenville? How long? Fast. Yeah, a month. Troy D's already panicking. Thank yeah, you. A month, six <laughs> weeks, two months. Because no one wants to live in a society in a world where trash is all over the streets. I missed trash day last week and I'm in like a half a panic. Because, yeah. 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 You're probably in the doghouse at your house too. But... That's the thing. In your own life, you are your own garbage man. You are the, you're the only one that can take out the trash in your own life. So we have to constantly be taking out our own trash. And that's what I do in my program recovery. I don't, I have this thing I tell people all the time that I have no enemies. I have no enemies. What that means is I don't choose to hold on to resentments or these, these, these thoughts as hate, all that stuff. I can't do that because hate corrodes the containers contained in and a resentment holds you back in life. If you resent something, man, this is a resentment is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That's what a resentment is. You're drinking the poison. And so when I say I have no enemies, it doesn't mean I'm not someone else's enemy because I'm sure I am someone else's enemy. It just means that I choose to have no enemies. That's a spiritual goal. And by the way, it's spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. Damon, what's the best part of being the coffee bean? Man, the best part of being a coffee bean is bringing hope to people, man. That was, uh, you ever see the movie Shawshank? Yes. Y'all, you see Shawshank? Uh, part of it. I need to go back and rewatch it. When you uh, So, Jonathan, you watched it. When you saw Shawshank, did you think it was Red's story or Andy's story? Did you think it was Morgan Freeman's a story about Morgan Freeman's character or a story about Tim Robbins' character? Really about Tim Robbins at first. Yeah. And then it kind of transitioned a little bit to, to Morgan Freeman. And so this is like the question I ask everybody uh, all the time. So there's no right or wrong answer, by the way. But when I watched Shawshank, especially after being inside of a prison, by the way, Shawshank was the one movie that got it right. When I first got out of prison the first week, my dad, you know, I lived with my parents. My dad's like, damn it, watch all these prison movies with me. Tell me who got it right. So we're watching Cool Hand Luke. We're watching them all, right? Yeah. But Shawshank got it right. Shaw, whoever consulted on it had been to prison before. There's no doubt. And um, when I watch it now, I see it as being Red's story, Morgan Freeman's character. And here's why. Red lost hope. Red was done in life. 
In fact, in the in the movie, when you watch it, you'll see a guy named Brooks that makes parole. Brooks has been in prison for 50 years. He makes parole and he, he kills himself after being on parole for a couple of weeks. He could just couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't he couldn't deal with life and life's terms outside of the prison walls. That shook Red to the core, and Red admits, "Man, I, I'm afraid. I, I'm afraid to ever leave this place because I'm an institution. I'm an institutionalized man now." Red has lost hope. That's why I say it's Red's story. Red says in the movie, he says, hope is a dangerous thing. Think about that for a second. Think about living in a world where you think hope is dangerous. Hope's the thing you need. Mm-hmm. and Anywhere in life, not just in prison. It's the thing that's the most in need and, and at least supply. But everyone needs hope. And if you lose hope, you lose life. Red's saying hope is a dangerous thing. But here comes this guy this odd duck that comes into prison named Andy Dufresne. He's a banker. He doesn't fit in. His walk and my walk through prison are almost identical, man, because I didn't fit in with that world. I came from a different background than 99% of the people in there. I, I looked different. I spoke different. You know, everybody at first hated that. But Andy Dufresne comes in and he says, get busy living or get busy dying. He brought hope. He saved Red's life. And that's why I think it's about Red's story, because Andy Dufresne saved Red's life, and Red's Red's telling the story about this guy that saved his life. And the coolest thing in my life about being a coffee bean is that I get to bring hope and deliver hope to the hopeless. And they see, they hear a message. It's a very fresh message. And this is what John Gordon said when he first called me. You know, Damon, of all these books, John's written like 26 books, man. He's got half of his books are bestsellers. But he's like, of all the messages in all my books, this is the, the biggest one and the freshest one, too. And that's what he realized when he first heard it from Dabo in 2018. Wow, no one's ever done a book about this. No, this is such a fresh message that no one knows about it, but everyone needs it. Because anybody from five to 95 years old can pick up this idea of a coffee bean. Because we all understand the pot of boiling water and three things that can happen. This is your life, you have three choices. But bringing that hope to people with this message, you apply the story, my backstory, a guy that you know had it all, lost it all. I didn't just lose it all. I mean, I got thrown into a dungeon, man, a pit. For seven years and three months, I'm in a Texas maximum security, level five penitentiary, the highest security level there is because I'm with all the lifers. But I came out on the other side, the best version of me. It was like going into a cocoon as a caterpillar and coming out this butterfly. I grew more in seven years and three months in prison than I ever did the first 33 years I was on this earth. And that's the story I get to bring to the people because people say, if he can do it, and there, then I can do it out here. That's the coolest thing about being a coffee man. Damon West, uh, an inspiration. Uh, people can go to your website, damonwest.org. Uh, I, I highly encourage you, all your books. Uh, you got four of them right now. The Coffee Bean, the Coffee Bean for Kids, yeah. which is good. I've gotten that for my children. The Change Agent, which uh, you really have to dive into. I mean, it's fascinating. The Change Agent is so good that you are you have a business partner named Dak Prescott. I do, the, man. The Cowboys quarterback that you guys are working on putting that, uh, bringing that to life on television and uh, trying to sell it to HBO or Hulu or somebody right yeah. now. Yeah. Dak, man, first thing I can tell you about Dak Prescott is the, the the best way I can describe my buddy Dak is that being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback is not his identity. It's not his identity. That's his job. And that's what he does with his job is go out and help thousands and thousands of people. This guy is such a servant leader. And I became one of those people on his road of life that he started his own production company, D4K Productions. And I'm his first project to turn the change agent into a limited series, a TV limited series. It's going to be three seasons, eight episodes per season. And, um, 
you know, Lionsgate is the studio in, involved. We got a big meeting tomorrow with Lionsgate. Got to figure out when we're going to go to our pitch meetings, which will probably be in January sometime. And uh, someone's going to buy it. Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Amazon Prime, whoever buys it, we're going to bring the story to life. And it's going to be part Shawshank, part The Wire. You ever seen the TV show The Wire? It's a, familiar with it. Yeah, yeah it's. I mean, it's, it's you know because there's a there's a whole criminal drama in there too. Man, it's the this, one based in Baltimore, right? Yeah, it's the one yeah. based in Baltimore. This is. I mean, but this is going to be like the wire. I mean, you're going to have like this this thriller. And the before I get to prison, you've got to have this game of cat and mouse with the Dallas Police Department that goes on for like three years. And I mean, like I'm evading them at every turn. I've got a mailman outfit. I'm a ghost. I mean, I've just but. They finally get me because criminals. The thing about crime is criminals are all stupid. We make a ton of mistakes, and then I was I was as dumb as any other criminal out there. The big mistakes I really made, by the way, were whenever I got arrested and I'm in Dallas County Jail, and now the tables have turned. Now the rabbit's got the gun. You know, it's no fun when the rabbit's got the gun, and and I say the rabbit because that's what the Dallas Police Department was. I was out out foxing them for the whole time, but when they finally got me and they put me into a, a jail cell. I mean, I lost my mind in, in the sense that I'm on the jail phone. Like, this phone, I know they're recording these messages, but I don't want to be in this jail. I'm trying to get out. I'm holding telethons in there. I'm like, I'm literally calling people from the dope world and the crime world. You owe me this much money for this job we did, and I need you to bring this money up here. And every phone call I make, they're going by and just picking people up and arresting them. Okay, Damon, thanks a lot. I gave them a roadmap. And eventually, I saw these people at my trial testify against me <laughs> because of my stupid phone calls that I made. But criminals are stupid, man. And that's... but. It's just, it's going to be a great series, though. Well, I look forward to that. Look forward to continuing following your success. So happy that you were able to come to Greenville today. Talk to the East Carolina football team last night. Look forward to hearing you here at lunch in a little bit. And uh, th- thanks thanks for coming. Thanks for what you're doing. And uh, I encourage people, DamonWest.org, or go on Amazon and just search your name and buy, buy all your books because uh, they'll love them all. I appreciate it, guys. And it from the bottom of my heart, y'all, thank, thanks a lot for investing in me and, and believing in me. Because, I mean, that's the four words everyone needs to hear. I believe in you and your belief in me. Uh, I just really want to tell you sincerely, thank you. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, Yeah. Damon West, our special guest on the Pirate Radio podcast. Once again, DamonWest.org. Thank you, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.